Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman along with Corey Ritzow. On today's show, we're going to recap the 1-1 draw with the Houston Dynamo. Get you updated on LA Galaxy news and get you ready for one of the Galaxy's original rivalries as the LA Galaxy will travel east to take on DC United in Washington, DC. We'll also take your calls into the COG hotline and go over some of the post-game audio as you tell us exactly what went wrong with the Houston game. It's a packed show and you don't want to miss a thing or other songs by Aerosmith, apparently. Whatever, we'll get up, we'll get over that. Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here are your hosts, Josh Gessman and Corey Ritzow. Welcome to another edition of Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Once again, I'm your host, Josh Gessman. He is Mr. Corey Ritzow, as Mr. Michael Rajo, our wonderful announcer, just told you. We've got a great show coming up. Going to take some of your calls. Going to look forward to that DC United game as well. That's always fun, a, a good, exciting rivalry. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, first thing is first here, Corey. We have to look at the uh, almost in some people's eyes unwatchable game that was the LA Galaxy versus the Houston Dynamo, ending in a one-one draw at StubHub Center. Um, about nineteen thousand people were fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to uh, to witness this wonderful game. There, I guess. Game makes me want to scream like Steven Tyler. It, 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 it makes everybody want to. I wanted to kind of just bash my head against the wall for, for large portions of this game, actually, which is which is something new. Most of this time, this LA Galaxy team keeps me from, you know, committing any self-harm against doors, windows, you know, moving cars, trains, that type of thing. Um, but in this particular hey, game... Hey, at least it's better than the last few marches that we've come to uh, grown used to. It, it is sort of one of those you have to sort of temper your understanding of, of what we what what happened. At least in my mind. I mean, you, you sort of have to look at it from from that exact perspective, Corey, as you were saying. That, I mean, if you look back at how it started last year, that that wasn't great. No, and the year before that was not as fantastic either. And of course, they had they had CCL to kind of focus on. So any lapses in terms of MLS start could have been forgiven if they might have been able to advance on CCL side. But this time. Fresh legs, not to, well. I don't know. If, actually, that's probably the the thing we're going to get to is there's no excuses for not having fresh legs, right. and yet uh, that's not quite what we saw. And uh, so, you know, it was 
it, they came out great first 20 minutes and then they seemed to slow down get a little tired not sh- quite sure what it was but uh they had Robbie Keane open up the scoring in the uh, third minute and right. it looked like one of those games where maybe they might just go ahead and and roll their Eastern Conference opponent coming into StubHub Center like they've been known to do the last few years yeah and uh you know I was expecting it I mean I was ready for it I don't know about you I, I thought uh you know quite honestly that the Galaxy after scoring in the third minute would would probably score two or three more I mean if it was going to be one of those normal games but um you know eight minutes later you get Houston Dynamo leveling the score at 1-1 and I mean that was it I mean (laughs) I kind of feel bad for everybody who showed up to the game you could have seen the first 11 minutes and you really saw the entire game um wasn't much well you were hoping because the whole the whole weekend was filled with like scoreless draws right Right. And everybody, all MLS fans were clamoring for goals, and we got two in the first 11 minutes, and we were thinking, all right, they may be some fireworks that we've been waiting for all weekend, and then the last 89 minutes were pretty much a dud. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't exciting. It, it wasn't exciting even a little bit. Um, n- not to uh, not to try to shift anything from this, you know, the, the overall uh, mediocrity of the game, but uh, the LA Galaxy lineup remained almost exactly the same, except for Jaime Pinedo sliding into goal, which is something that I think was expected as we were getting closer to the uh, to the end of the week. So it wasn't a complete surprise that Jaime Pinedo was back in goal from his quote unquote injury, quote unquote migraine, and and all that. Was stuff. that the only change from Portland? I believe that's it. There is no other ones because Husidic was in the middle of the, there. Uh, Villarreal was out at the left side. Rogers, Leonardo, Gonzalez, Gargan all on the back line. AJ Delagarza still, um, you know, just working his way back into uh, fitness for this starting lineup. So that wasn't it. And Robbie Keane and, and Jossie Zardes up top. So yeah, so not not any changes uh, from those uh, from those teams. So uh, it, it, so where did it all go wrong? Um. You know, I think there's lots of plays. What what I'd like to do actually is we had some calls, Corey. We had some calls come in to uh, to the COG hotline. Uh, um, and of course, if you want to call, did in, you need to break out the uh, the beat buzzer in some of these calls after the frustration? Or what? I didn't. It was somber. But what I'd like to start with is somebody who actually called us from the parking lot before the game. Oh, okay. which, which I kind of like. And he laid down some predictions. So we get to sort of grade them. I mean, this is quite honestly, this is pretty ballsy. You call in, you lay down some predictions. You know, we're not going to get to this before. We know it's all we're going to get to judge your predictions afterwards. So all right, here, let's hear it, Mike. Here, 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 here's Mike uh, sitting in the parking lot before the game. What's up, guys? This is Mike. Um, uh, we're, we listen to you in Ocean Beach in San Diego, California. We are up in the general parking lot right now before the Houston game. It is six o'clock. And we just wanted to call in and tell you how much we love the show and how fired up we are. We have some predictions just for fun since it's before the game. I'm going to tell you that Villarreal is going to have another solid game. It's going to be his third solid game in a row, goal or no goal, and he's going to, he's going to be establishing himself. Number two, it's going to be 2 nothing Galaxy tonight. A.J. De La Garza is going to see some sub-minutes. He's not going to play a whole lot of the game. And Byron is going to have some show-stealing moments to make us talk more about what his situation is going to be. And we're going to start talking about Byron and what the arrival of Gerard is going to do with the midfield and everything that's happening there. Also, Tyler Derrick is going to have a great game. He's going to reassert himself as a huge goalie who's making less errors. He's not going to make any major clubs tonight. And Zardes is going to score the brace. We will keep listening. We will keep watching you guys on Twitter. My boys are going to call in soon. 
and uh, keep up the great work. Go Galaxy. See, see, this is exactly that. First of all, Mike, thank you for calling in. Um, thank you for listening down in San Diego, down in the Ocean City. Corey, some of your own old stomping Ocean, grounds, whoa, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What? Ocean City. Yeah? That's like that's like Maryland. Ocean Beach. Ocean, Ocean Beach? Is that what he, what did he say? Did he say Ocean Beach? Or did no, I he said Ocean, Ocean Beach. Okay, he and said I know, it was right, me. My, my sister actually still lives in Ocean Beach, and okay. we, we, went to, uh, we went to school at Point Loma, the, right down the street from there. So. Okay, perfect. I, I knew shout it was... Out, shout out to Mike in Ocean Beach, making the trip all the way up to the HDC. Oh, excuse Whoa, me, the yeah. StubHub Center. Yeah, the Stubby. Uh, and uh, depending on weekend traffic, that's that can be a bit of a trek. So shout out to Mike. And he went on a limb, a few different things that he talked about. Got some things right. Tyler Derrick obviously had an amazing game. Yeah, not too bad. The the Houston goalkeeper who who gave up a uh, a howler of a goal the game before, where the uh, Houston Dynamo ended up losing one to nothing, had another solid performance. And as I talked to Chandler Hoffman last week, he said that he really felt like Tyler Derrick was in really good form, and that own goal that happened was sort of a, a an outlier. So it seems to be uh, true on that. So good on that one. What the AJ didn't play? Nope. We, he got some Galaxy two minutes the following day. But, That's right. Uh, and he seems to think, you know, and I think he got a full 90. He got a full 90. That is correct. So, so he, he, you know, depending on how he looked, I know he made the like USL pro team of the week or something. So yes. he obviously must have shown well. So maybe he will be back in action this weekend. He's got a future that um, kid. That, that was an LA Galaxy insider. <laughs> I'm sure joke, that by I'm the way. sure the USL pro team of the week is, is the top honor that he's ever received in his life. Goes right up there on the mantle with all the other awards. Um, he, he called a, a good game by Jose Villarreal. He had, he did another solid Jose game, got the assist on Keen's goal. And, and I think we would both, although, you know, it's nice to just go ahead and pass the ball to Robbie and then let Robbie do his thing to <laughs> yes. break everyone down. That's a yes. pretty easy assist to go ahead and tally. We, we can put quotes around assist on that one. <laughs> that was here, Robbie can run. And there he goes. <laughs> All right. Good job. A nutmeg. I think he actually got two nutmegs on it. Cause he actually slid it under the keeper as well. So, so yeah, I mean the, the only, uh, I mean, uh, Vernon had, a, had a, an okay game. He, he only got 20 minutes. Actually, what we did, could, he, did he earn the opportunity to be looked at again in a more prominent role, perhaps? Of course. And I think Bruce is high on him as well. Actually, here is Bruce Arena's post game comments on Mika. Well, tonight he had 20 minutes. Uh, it, it's still not enough, enough time, but uh, you know, he's a good player. He gets the ball moving uh, quickly, uh, knows how to get his teammates involved in the game. So for the most part, he was pretty solid. Pretty solid, you know, from from a Bruce who was not very happy with this game, Corey. Um, I think that that's a pretty good um, result overall for for a Mika play. So Bruce wasn't real high on this, and actually, I can give you Bruce's uh, overall comments on the game. We'll, we'll play let's those. Yeah, let's. Here we go. Uh, didn't like a whole lot on the night. We we weren't very good, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we lost too many battles on the night. I think they played harder over 90 minutes than we did. And uh, uh, I think that made a difference in the game. It's a game uh, we had a chance to uh, win, possibly going away if we were a little sharper. We have a mental breakdown on, a, a, obviously, a corner kick. Uh, Robbie Rogers loses his man, and uh, it, it's a goal. And in a game like this where you know your opponent is... You know, sitting back and defending with numbers, looking to get at you uh, uh, on the break or, or perhaps on a restart, we got to be better at that. And uh, to concede a goal, uh, you know, shortly after we scored, probably about oh, 10 minutes later, I don't even know the time, eight minutes later. So that's, that's not good on our part. And 
Uh, just on a night, I don't think we were sharp, and uh, I, I give Houston credit. They played real hard. There you go. So so Bruce Arena on that. Um, yeah, so so there's Mika's play. I think Mika got enough again, Corey. I mean, Bruce is really saying he's working on fitness here. Um, whenever Mika is fit, I think that he could possibly be a starter um, in place of Baggio Husidic right now. Um, so, I mean, I don't think Mike was uh, – I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think Mike was, was completely out of uh, out of sorts to say that. Um, you know, the the, the 2 nothing scoreline is what hurts him there. Zardis probably could have had a, a couple goals – um, but for the most part, the Galaxy really didn't generate a lot of chances, and, and even some of the chances they got, uh, they didn't take. So, uh, point- I mean, Vernon had the great shot at the end that Derek made the, the sprawling save to push out, but right. there wasn't anything that stands out that was like a beautiful sitter that they missed or a breakaway or anything else. So, you know, while they dominated possession, I think they outpassed them by over 200 total passes and had good accuracy. There's not couldn't really get the ball into a dangerous position where you felt like they, you know, they deserve that that one goal chance that just didn't come. Well, here is uh, here's Ben. Ben called into the COG hotline to uh, talk about Robbie Keane and possibly some chances that he missed. So here's Ben. Hey, Josh, this is Ben from Gardena, and I just got back from tonight's one-one tie with Houston, and I just had to tell you how bad that ref was. I'm sure you were there and saw it, but that ref was absolutely terrible. But that's not the reason the Galaxy tied. The two points lost were that rests squarely on the shoulders of Robbie Keane. I mean, he missed two chances. And you know this game, if you don't take your chances, you don't deserve to win. So the captain needs to really look at himself and take responsibility for this loss of points. All right, love the show. Great job. See you next week. All right, so so Ben laying down the gauntlet for Robbie Keane. Can I give you Robbie Keane's answer on 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 the the chances that Robbie Keane missed? Can I play that for you now, Corey? So that way we can have Ben and and Robbie Keane in in a Twitter in a virtual fight. Hold on, I have to get my uh, Google Translate out for Irish real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, no problems. All right, here's Robbie Keane talking about uh, some of the chances that he had. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Felt sharp. Uh, got a good goal. Uh, I wouldn't say I could have two or three. I didn't have many chances after. I had half chances from outside the box. Half chances from outside the box. That's Robbie Keane. Now, here's here's my defense of Robbie Keane, and and he, uh, you know, I, I guess I don't really need to defend Robbie Keane. He can he can do that himself. Um, however, uh, Robbie Keane says that you know they were half chances is outside the box. Realistically, when Robbie Keane is shooting from outside the box, it's not really a a Robbie Keane like in in the area. Robbie Keane likes to to uh to get the ball in and and quite honestly the galaxy were poor at getting Robbie Keane the ball and it was one of the things that lots of people saw was how deep Robbie was having to drop back um in order to even get involved in the play Corey so it was it was definitely something where where something wasn't working right on the night because whenever Robbie has to drop back that far um he's trying to create almost too much and and, and that can be an issue Fair enough, um, but I think there's enough blame to go around. You you can you can talk about putting it on on Keen's shoulders, and and he, you know, if he's going to get the most credit in terms of when they succeed, then he, you know, maybe he deserves a little bit more of the blame when things don't go well. And and certainly there's there's some things that come with him of the selfishness and right. the finger pointing and the waving and all of that when he's when he's when it's going well. You know, you can look past all of that, but right. when things don't turn up uh, the way that they would want, 
you know, sometimes that stuff just becomes a little bit more annoying or a potential crutch or whatnot for people to kind of complain about who he is. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, you you get Robbie Keane in all of his glory, good, bad, or indifferent, and some days that's awesome, and in some days it's it's going to be hard to watch. Well, I want to – yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 because I was going to go to another call. So if you have more to talk about, go – Please feel free. I mean, I, I just think overall midfield was midfield was awful. Uh, um, yeah, who said it was not good for me. Not not no, good no, at no, all. No, 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 and and that's kind of what I think. W- what Bruce is referring to is when he says we lost too many battles on, on the night. And one of the things fans clamored for for years, and you beat the uh, who's the Swedish guy before uh, Ishizaki. You uh, beat the Wilhelm some drum to, be- yeah. to death just because uh, he's the reason you know, we won MLS Cup. It was, oh it was that simple. All right, we're not going to get into this, yes. but you know, one of the things you want is width out of your players, and that's something that uh, that Villarreal and that Ishizaki bring. But when you when you put in midfielders that are going to create some of that width, that's a lot of space in the midfield for two people to cover. It is, and when those two people are Juninho and paired with Marcelo Sarvis, then it's something that uh, that can work. Right. But but when you ask Baggio Husic to cover the type of ground that he's forced to cover when they're outmanned three men in the midfield, you're going to lose a lot of those duels that Bruce was talking about. And so, you know, if they're going to continue to play this four four two where the midfielders are pulled out wide and there's a lot of space for two guys to cover in the middle, I don't necessarily know if. If uh, you know Baggio is going to be the man that they're going to that they're going to look for to to play that role, or they're just going to ask Villarreal to tuck in a little bit closer on the inside and maybe get stuck in and help with some of those midfield duels. Yeah. I think Ishizaki's too good at what he does out on the flank to ask him to come in and tuck inside. But that was what Landon Donovan was good at last year when he got moved to the midfield role. Is he was technically a winger in the four four two, but he played on the inside so much. And Marcelo Sarvis was able to do a lot of the dirty work and just free Landon to get into the attack. But you don't have him now. Via Real mirrors Landon a lot. I, I don't want to say that Via Real and Landon are the same player, but the Maybe way in they his play. Movements yeah. or where he shows up on the yeah. field. In terms of his his vision and his passing ability, no, he's obviously no, nowhere I'll, close at no, this no, no. point. No, no, no. I, in I didn't terms to... of what they ask him to do and where to show up on the field, I would say that they're similar at this point. Okay, I, I agree with that. All right, let's talk about um, somebody uh, who did play well and Jonathan called in and wanted to talk a little bit about Leonardo. Hey, Josh, this is Jonathan. I'm calling from Avocado Heights, California. Uh, first things first on the real list, but not only that, Leonardo has played surprisingly amazing the first half, well, not the first half, the first three games of this season, second half of last year, Ishizaki has to get a little bit faster, has to be able to defend a little bit more because the right side has been a little bit slow with Gargan and uh, Ishizaki, hopefully with uh, Leonardo playing amazing and Omar, Robbie, the same old good Robbie, hopefully they put AJ in the right back, our defense will be solid. You know, you know that's an interesting point that Jonathan brings up is sort of that uh, that pairing of Gargan and Ishizaki. Granted, that's a pairing that has returned. There shouldn't be a lot of chemistry issues to work out. Not as much as the left side with Robbie Rogers and Jose Villarreal trying to trying to figure out what they're doing. But um, you know, I, I don't know. Can we say that Dan Gargan's getting another year older? I mean, so is Ishizaki, and that perhaps maybe that right side is a place for AJ Delgarza to find up. I mean, are you going to take AJ, AJ whenever he gets back, Corey, and you're going to put him in place of Leonardo, who's been playing the best defense out of anybody on the line? No, not right now. Yeah, you you can't do that. So I mean, you but have tomorrow's to... another week. I mean, right now they are serving Crow at StubHub Center. 
for all of the different fans that were uh, complaining he, about how terrible wait, Leonardo wait has been wait, over the last year. It, I think not, that's that's currently on the menu. That is not it's not eating crow. It's the fact that he was horrible and now he's playing really really good. It's not like he was playing good and people were like, "Oh, he sucks. He's horrible." He was bad, Corey. He was really really bad. And now No, but but when he got put back in the lineup, every single person stood up and said, "Yep." Leonardo must have dirty pictures or or something on Bruce, Bruce that right. uh, is allowing him to get back that into was, the starting lineup. That was probably me the whole time. That was probably me. But yeah, well, I, listen. Whenever he kept getting put into the starting lineup, I had no idea why. Um, if he plays like this every day in training, then I could understand why Bruce would continue to put him in. But I just find, found that hard to believe with his performances. But regardless of the fact, no, when AJ comes back, he's going to go in right back. Plus. You know, AJ's going to go wherever they need him, and it's a long season, and unfortunately people are going to pick up knocks or get called away to different, you know, call-ups or different, you know, whether it's Omar out there playing at the Gold Cup or whatever whatever might happen. And so AJ's going to play where they need him, and that's the great thing about him. And right now, um, you know, with Gargan's age what it is, you know, you had him play three great games running up and down, and uh, now you go ahead and say, Dan, you did great. We're going to give you a break for a week or two, and we'll see what happens, and we'll shuffle people in and out as needed, and that'll keep everyone rested on that back line and start to figure out what that best lineup might look like. Well, the But, uh, but uh, I mean, the, the defense didn't really play bad. They they had a poor, you know, they had a poor set-piece defense, right. be it on, on Omar's ability to, to get up and contest, you know, fading backwards against Horst and Robbie losing his, his mark. But just in terms of, you know, now Leo did bail him out a few times here and there, but they didn't they did. play. Ter- he didn't play poorly. No, and he, even Bruce said the same thing in, in the post game. He said that they didn't play horrible. Here's Robbie Rogers, real quick. I'll play this, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead and take a break. Uh, Robbie Rogers on uh, getting caught ball watching. So here it is. Just caught got caught watching Omar getting up for a header. I kind of lost track of of Nate Sturgis, and he made he made a, a great guess where the ball was going to go. So. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a bummer, especially I thought we started the game so well. And after that, I thought we kind of lost momentum. So uh, it's just something that i gotta got to work on. Yeah, clearly uh, Robbie Rogers uh, upset the fact that he, he lost a mark there and, and that it ended up in a goal. Um, he's had a couple mistakes here, Corey, that uh, sure. that I mean, it's interesting he calls it a guess, but I'd say as an attacking player, running to the top of the six-yard box would probably be a smart decision whether or not you consider that a guess. And if somebody, if your man is going to be headed... That, if if he's fading out to the top of the 18 and then collects the ball and shoots it past, that's one thing. But if you let him just drift right to the top of the six unmarked, that's a whole other thing that... Uh, that uh, if you're going to... You know, maybe it, it's still this long transition to defender that is a piece that he still needs to work out, so... You know, but on the whole, a good just you know that lapse in judgment, and unfortunately, it cost the team two points. It did. It did cost the team two points. Um, it is what it is. It's a draw. The LA Galaxy remain undefeated. Still, they have five points after three games. That's not the worst thing in the world. Um, the LA Galaxy are now unbeaten in 21 consecutive games at StubHub Center and have only lost three of their last 45 home matches. Corey, so. Lots of, uh, I at least feel promise for the uh, for the LA Galaxy as we're moving forward. Nothing horrible. We'll, we'll survive somehow. 
what we're gonna do, yeah, we're gonna I mean, it's just go ahead. Fortunately, with some of these teams, you you'd have liked to think that they could have beat up on some of these other players or on some of these teams to get some easy points against easy competition. Yeah, absolutely. Oh well, it it is what it is. Uh, not the end of the world. The LA Galaxy obviously will now look ahead to DC United, and whenever we come back, we're gonna talk about that DC United game. Uh, this music you're listening to is Drop City Yacht Club. Please go out onto iTunes or onto Facebook or onto Twitter. Follow them, buy their stuff, tweet about them. It's because of you guys going out there supporting these artists that we're able to have them on the show without us getting sued. Always a positive thing. And like I said, this particular song does talk about Landon Donovan, David Beckham, and the LA Galaxy in a later later verse. I don't think we're ever going to get to that verse. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever we get back, DC United, your LA Galaxy news, some of your questions as well. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll be right back. Ready for some more Corner of the Galaxy? Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Pocket Memory. And you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. And welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman, Mr. Corey Ritzau with you once again. We want to uh, continue here, Corey, as we uh, get ready for the D.C. United game coming up on Saturday. Still uh, still a lot to get to before we get to that. I uh, want to go over the L.A. Galaxy team news first. Obviously, the biggest news right now, Corey, is that there are, st- there are five L.A. Galaxy players on international duty now. Um, not all five are from the senior team, but nonetheless, it's a, it's a good number. So Bradford Jamison IV, who is sometimes a senior team guy, uh, is down with the uh, USU-20, so he's off there. Robbie Keane, obviously, off to Ireland. Jaime Pinedo, off to Panama. Oscar Sorto is down with the USU-23s. And Giassi Zardes uh, played today as we're recording. This is a Wednesday recording. Played today um, against Denmark for the United States men's national team. And if Jurgen Klinsmann continues to put him at a winger role, you're going to continue to see a Jossie's artist who's not very effective, and that's just the way it is, quite honestly. So if I'm Jurgen, I move him up top and move Aaron Johansson to the bench because that would do good for me, and he ran into that ball that he scored the goal on. Okay. And anything else? Is that is that about did I get it right about good there, Corey? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I just I just wanted to Wanted to throw it out there. Um, the other news, obviously, Corey alluded to it, but the LA Galaxy 2 opened up their season opener against uh, the Real Mar- Monarchs of Salt Lake City. That's Real Salt Lake's uh, USL team. So LA Galaxy 2 versus basically RSL 2. Is it Real Monarchs, SLC, but they're in Arizona? No, they're not. Or do they no, actually they, play in? They play in, in, in Salt Lake, yeah. Okay. I think they're actually... Their academies in, in Arizona, yeah, but they're... Yeah, their their USL team is actually up in Salt Lake, and I believe they're playing at Rio Tinto until they get a stadium, a, a soccer-specific stadium at the fairgrounds, which is going to be cool for a little 
USL team. Awesome. Really, really cool stuff. So um, I believe that's where they're playing for right now. But anyway, this was a 0-0 draw. Um, sort of the highlights, or at least the, the players that you need to know, obviously, Corey, you talked about it. AJ went 90 minutes. Um, Ariel Lassiter uh, got in there and in the second half and had some some pretty good attempts on goal. Travis Bowen, Adonis Amaya, Adonis Amaya, the new academy signing that USL, um, that the LA Galaxy 2 just acquired. So all these guys... Um, I think Lassiter actually is a player that that, uh, you didn't list, but uh, I think he got a call up to the under-20s, if I'm not mistaken, even though he's not a a senior team guy. Yeah, he... he he got called in somewhere. Yeah, he may have been a call into. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't remember. You're right. He yeah, is. I think he got called in the under 20s. Yeah, I think he did too. It wasn't on the official list, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll we'll try to track that. He's down. not. A, he's not a player in the uh, the 30 man well, roster. Well, or he was. Is, he was so. playing for another uh, another national team. He's been playing for another national team, but this call to the U.S was something that uh, he was expecting to come. And so he said, you know, he's definitely not closing the door on the United States. Um, I think it was one of the coaches, it may have been Kurt Anolfo, who said that Ariel Lasseter is the real deal. Um, and so it's somebody to keep your eye on if you're headed to those USL games. And if you are on Saturday, remember the LA Galaxy will play at DC United, so no LA Galaxy home game. You can go to an LA Galaxy 2 game where, where the LA Galaxy 2 will be playing against the defending USL champs. Uh, Sacramento Republic at 7.30 p.m. at the track and field stadium. So make sure you get out there. That is Parking is free. Tickets are as low as, I believe, $10. So there's no reason not to head out there. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's hectic whenever you watch a USL game. It's basically sprinting back and forth for 90 minutes. But that's that's fun to watch. So I have no problems with that. Have you been out to a USL game yet, Corey? Um, no, I have not. Oh, that's right. That's I need right. to catch them when they come down here and, and play the Blues and more in my neck of the woods. That's, it'll be a little closer to you, so uh, so maybe that's a good idea there. That's, that's a good one. All right. Uh, we go to the standings now, Corey. Uh, the big surprise, not really a surprise, they always start fast, right? FC Dallas, nine <laughs> points, three games. Uh, I mean, you know. Are they for real? Uh, no, they're not because they're FC Dallas. I mean, this is what's crazy, though. You get a team that starts fast, and, and they've historically been known to start fast, Corey. You have different coaches. It doesn't matter. Different players it doesn't matter they start fast and then they fade as it as it goes along i mean it's just sort of their mo right now and it's it's just it's just interesting to see at least in in my mind it's interesting to see you heard it here first yeah i know yeah they're not for real i'll I'll say that watch them sweep everything go like crazy um san jose earthquakes in second place six points after three games uh vancouver whitecaps right behind them with six points la galaxy sit in fourth place with five points after three games um and then the houston dynamo right below them with four points seattle in sixth place with three points after just two games just two games played so nothing too exciting uh there uh portland colorado real salt lake and sporting kansas city way down there at the bottom uh two points through three games played for sporting kansas city a little problem there for uh sporting kc i was i was actually expecting them to be uh one of the ball busters here in the western conference Corey. but so far yeah welcome welcome to the west yeah, it certainly seems that way. Although, you know, I've seen some of these teams haven't even played a whole bunch of Western Conference teams so far. So we'll uh, we'll see how that is. Well, you do you want to get to? Uh, I, I was yeah, gonna let's say, do it. The, the one question that I wanted to answer, uh, Jose uh, wrote in on Twitter and he says, "Why does MLS keep playing during international friendlies?" And um, I, you know, shrug, smiley face. I have no idea. Um, it's gonna. It's it's obviously it's because of travel. Um, it's obviously because of, con- of of schedule congestion, Corey. It's something that. MLS is going to have to work out because I think I heard a number today by by Taylor Twelman and Ian Dark that there are 54 internationals gone from Major League Soccer right now. I mean that's yeah, and I saw I saw them talking about it on the game today that uh, 
they scheduled uh, RSL versus Toronto, and uh, you've got Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, and then you've got you know a bunch of the the uh, the RSL guys gone as well with Nick Ramondo and and uh, the the Costa Rican striker. Right. So it's just funny how uh, how that works out. I don't know the rhyme or reason. There are a lot of breaks. You're going to have Gold Cup upcoming over this summer. So right. You know, you're never going to have a perfect a perfect scenario, and you know, I just don't think that uh, I think the owners and people they want to try and play as many weekend games as possible, so they don't want to have, you know, I, I know at StubHub they don't want to have midweek games because uh, a, nobody the attendance can get there. is down, and yeah. b you have to deal with the uh, with the the cap if if school is in session. So you know, they want to play on as many weekends as possible, and and uh, if that means that you might have to play through international friendlies, so be it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. By the way, I would like to say that um, you know, with only nineteen thousand, a little over nineteen thousand for a Saturday night LA Galaxy game, um, that's bad. That's not it's, good. That's not good at all, Corey. That's not even a little good. I mean, no Beckham, no Be- no, I, I, no no Landon, now, no Landon. I get it. Hey, I'm I one, mean, I'm is one it of the, the first new ones? normal until Stevie shows up. Yes, up to a certain point. Although there's lots of Gerard. I, mean, I also kits. saw some things about it being spring break and oh, whatnot. Come on, so. and it's March Madness and blah 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 blah. You're telling me that in the greater Metro Los Angeles area, I believe there's 16.34 million people. All right, and that was a 2,000 census, so you could probably add another million people onto that. So, so let's just say 17 million people in the greater Los Angeles area, and you can't get more than 19,000 people on a Saturday night to show up to a game. That's ridiculous. It's, it has nothing to do with the, the amount of travel involved because there are so many people surrounding that stadium and that ability and your ability to get there that it's ridiculous. There's, there's just no excuse for it, quite honestly. And it's, it's going to be it's something that we're going to have to continue to watch. Is it just star power? Because I've always argued, Corey, you have to have star power and you have to have winning at the LA Galaxy. And right now, there's not, that's short on star power, but more, not more than 19,000. We used to have 27,000 people almost every single Saturday when David Beckham was around, and even after that, there were some there's some twenty four, twenty five. So, uh, you know, something something needs to give here. Something needs to happen. I know we're playing for television contracts now, but somebody needs to get LA energized, quite honestly. And I, you know, if the Galaxy can't do well, what it, what is ma- that narrative then? It's the narrative has to be that that there is. I mean, quite honestly, the only excuse I can possibly think of is that there's not enough star power. But I also think that a lot of that the attendance falls on the LA Galaxy and how they motivate this fan base. And I don't know that they do a great job. Maybe the next team in LA can motivate a fan base better than the LA Galaxy. Because right now with 19,000 people on a Saturday night, that's a, that's a pretty strong indication of exactly how motivated our LA Galaxy fan base is. Not my hardcore listeners. You guys, you guys do what you do. And you know, this isn't about you. We show up to games, Corey, we go to games. My listeners show up. They, they go to games. All right. That's not it. It's the people who are on the fringe. Why are we not getting anybody to sit in the seats? And it's frustrating to see as a fan when 19,000 people show up for Saturday night. So, all right, off the soapbox. Sorry. There you go. Didn't mean to go off on a tangent. All right. Uh, let's DC. M- DC. Here we go. The LA Galaxy versus uh, DC United. This is in Washington, DC at RFK Stadium. This is Saturday, March 28th, a 4 p.m. Pacific.
kickoff time on Time Warner Cable Sportsnet, Time Warner Cable Deportes. Uh, so the last game for DC was a 2 nothing loss to the New York Red Bulls. If you saw that, DC has just played two games, Corey. They're 1-1-0 one, one, oh with three points. They're sixth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, like I said, the last game, last two games was a win. They won their opener and then a loss. Um, the and they LA- got a couple CCL games under their belt that I think they drew and lost or who yeah. knows, but they got yeah. bounced they in got, the quarters. They got bounced, so they're out now. Um, the LA Galaxy, obviously, 1-0-2, five points, fourth in the Western Conference. Win, draw, draws their last three games. Um, if you saw this New York Red Bulls match, you saw it chippy. Um, you saw it... Uh, out of D.C.'s hands for the most part. Um, New York really did control this game. It was at uh, Red Bull Arena, so um, a home crowd there, and, and they did a good job. I mean, you can't you can't fault, uh, you know, New York for, for controlling D.C. the way they did, but um, D.C. was definitely chippy, definitely a, an interesting game if you see that East Coast rivalry uh, flare up again. But uh, the L.A. Galaxy facing one of their oldest rivals, Corey, so that's always exciting. I mean, the, for the for like the seven historians of MLS that kind of go back that far, I mean, it, it is fun, and particularly now that you have Bruce Arena involved, since he has the tie to both to both teams. But uh, really, you know, you've got Sean Franklin; that's a familiar name for most Galaxy fans. And then uh, they have a, they have a few new bodies, but most of the same nucleus that they brought in from last year. They they brought in Arietta from Columbus, and I right. think Arnaud came from Montreal, Montreal. last yes. year. Yeah, I'm I believe correct. Montreal. Uh huh. Um, but they are they are missing a few people with injuries, but they still have Rolf and Perry Kitchen and Nick DeLeon and Chris Pontius finally back healthy. Burnbaum is their young kid back at center back with the old guy Boswell back there. So they do have some good pairings um, that are forming. They seem to be doing well. Um, you know, Arietta played some played some great soccer for them in terms of you know looking looking dangerous in CCL and in their first game had a bit of a dip here this last game, but. They're familiar, you know, they they did win the regular season East last year if I'm correct. Uh they yes. I can't even remember. I think they remember. finished top of the East in terms of uh regular season standings. And they got bounced by I believe the Red Bulls in the playoffs if if that's uh that's correct. I think that happened. I Sounds feel like right. I feel like that happened cuz New York went on and and the whole thing. Well, the, the interesting thing I see here Corey is that it shows me like the last 5 meetings. Um, for the LA Galaxy versus DC United, and whenever you look at it, the LA Galaxy have not won or have not lost any of those last five meetings. Um, they've won two of them. Both of those were in LA. Um, they seem to have a lot of success in LA. And if you remember, I, I swear, I know people are going to remember this game. Do you remember the last time the LA Galaxy played at DC United in 2013, and who scored a goal for the LA Galaxy? I'm going to say it, and you're going to be like, "Oh yeah, I remember." 2013. Yeah, it was 20 September 14th, 2013. It was a 2-2 so draw. September was the end of the year. It was. And if it, you say Wilhelmson, I'm going to go home. It was not okay. Wilhelmson. I think Wilhelmson was 2012. He wasn't 2013. So 2012 was Wilhelmson. 2013. 20. It was Michael Stevens scored a goal in this game. Uh, Little Mikey Stevens. And it was in D.C. Your favorite. Yes, oh, of course. And uh, and the L.A. Galaxy should have killed D.C. United because D.C. was horrible that year. And they didn't. They drew 2-2 with like two weird goals by D.C. Oh, yeah. And everybody was. remember this. And Everybody was livid. You're jockeying for playoff positions down the stretch, and you finally get uh, DC on the schedule, and they they won like all of four games the whole year, and you go in there and get a draw. 
Right, right, absolutely. So, so that's uh, that's sort of where that that all came in and and how it was. So that's why I remember that. Um, some of our listeners, we had uh, Josh Martinez uh, tweet us and ask you and ask us, uh, do you think Buttle Gordon combo will be used to start the game on Saturday? And then Twelfth uh, Man at Twelfth Man, excuse me, at Twelfth Man. Uh, tweeted in as well says assuming we go to our young guns on saturday what does your starting 11 look like so um the buttle gordon option up front is really interesting except that when you move one person and i love this i did i I thought of this earlier today when you move one person for me the lineup sort of just just settles for me um i I, jose villarreal passed up a call-up to the united states u23s to stay on the LA Galaxy roster because he's trying did to make it. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Uh, huh. So he passed up that call up to stay on the roster for the LA Galaxy. Jose Villarreal will start this game, and there's a very good chance that he starts it up top with, you know, maybe Alan Gordon or, or maybe Buttle. I don't know. It, it could be. But how does that all shift around? If you take Robbie Rogers and you move him up to left mid and you put Todd Donovan in at left back, that sort of just smooths everything over and things make a lot more sense. And you won't have to play a Buttle and Gordon up top. Not saying that Bruce won't do it, Corey. I'm just saying that you probably don't have to do that. I I know. I, I have no idea with Bruce, to I be know. fair. I know. It's so hard. It's but, hard. Uh, but it, it doesn't seem to make sense to play both Buttle and Gordon side by side when they are so similar. Right. Now, that said, as soon as that comes out of my mouth, that I expect that fully to be on the lineup sheet when the game comes out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't really know. But my, my guess is that uh, you have your more traditional back to goal player, be it Edson or you know, be it Alan Gordon, and then you have somebody else that's going to be a little bit more speed, maybe drop in and help out. So that's kind of, I, now who, I, I don't know. Maybe you can even, uh, you can get creative because you have so many different midfielders available as to who, who plays that, and, and maybe they play a little bit more withdrawn and help out. So we'll have to wait and see, but I personally don't care for the idea of having both Gordo and and bottle, bottle up. up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Um, you know, if you're one of these people who says, "Oh, there's no way the LA Galaxy can win with uh with everybody gone, with Robbie Keane gone, with Jaime Pinedo gone, um with, you know, um with everybody else gone, uh, I say you're ridiculous and and that's that's just 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 not the way it works." So, um this LA Galaxy team is certainly good enough to uh to really put it to dc united quite honestly um dc especially with the back line intact i mean you'd expect a a good showing with with having the full complement of of people along the back line available and possibly even aj de la garza available as well so i mean this is and and that's his hometown uh you know omar went to school back at maryland um robbie rogers went to school back in maryland so these guys know a lot of people back there so i would expect that uh that aj very well could get significant minutes possibly even start in this game especially if you want to you could put him at left back instead of Todd Donovan and move Robbie Rogers up to that left mid rule so I mean you can shift a lot of people around and and that's the good thing again this game is a 4 p.m pacific kickoff time time warner cable sportsnet time warner cable deportes go on the LA Galaxy's official site go to LA riot squad go to angel city brigade find out where those watch parties are go and watch this game with fellow LA Galaxy fans it's the best way to possibly do it you I expect an exciting game, quite honestly, Corey. I expect the LA Galaxy to get three points, even though a lot of people will be happy with the draw. I think that they gave up their right to play this game for a draw whenever they drew Houston at home. 
So uh, I mean, you you with with a couple bodies out of lineup, you wonder if some of these players look at it as an opportunity to go in and and you know get some minutes that they wouldn't otherwise do. And and with basically the lineup still in flux as to who's going to end up where, right? This is an opportunity for guys to go out and impress Bruce and, and maybe get their name called up in the following weeks if they have a good showing. So you'd you'd expect a, a motivated team despite the fact that they're missing some some talent well we certainly appreciate everybody for calling into the cog hotline remember if you want to do that put this in your phone right now 949-385-2641 that's 949-385-COG1 all right put that in your phone you can call before the game like like mike or or you can call after the game like everybody else did that's fine i don't care call in keep them coming we got four calls we had eight calls the week before we're gonna keep doing this and keep pushing this for you guys that way we can continue uh, getting your voice here on the show. That's what the Corner of the Galaxy has always been about. All right. Corey, why don't you tell people where they can find you, and uh, we'll get on out of here. Find me on Twitter, at Corey Ritzau, C-O-R-Y-R-I-T-Z-A-U. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, Jay Gessman. Obviously, I'm always behind that Galaxy podcast as well. Music provided by Drop City Yacht Club. That was the Dream in California track you heard uh, earlier in the show. And then, obviously, Back Pocket Memory. Please head to uh, at Back Pocket Memory with no vowels to follow those guys as well. Or you can search them on iTunes. You need to buy their music. Please help me out. Back Pocket Memory, Drop City Yacht Club. Two excellent, excellent bands providing your musical entertainment right here on the show. The LA Galaxy face off against DC United on Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific kickoff time. Time Warner Cable Sportsnet, Time Warner Cable Deportes. Should be a great game. Other than that, for Mr. Corey Ritzau, I'm Josh Kessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Mr. Michael Araujo, please take it away. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. Check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everyone.